3: Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. If I start to lose my voice, I apologize. I'm just trying to get through this thing. It's right on the edge. You can feel it. Let's start here. Biden gives the big speech last night, yeah. less than a week away from the midterms, okay? And it wasn't planned until we heard about it yesterday. And then you think to yourself, all right, what's he trying to do here? And I'm guessing if you're just going by the past... Thing here's a guy that's going to want to remind people all of the great things that are happening right now. <laughs> right? All the accomplishments. Because yeah. a lot of Democratic strategists have said, one of the things Democrats are poor at right now is just not celebrating the wins and telling people about all of the great accomplishments that have happened. There aren't any wins and there
4: aren't any ties either.
3: So... You know, a lot of times with a speech like this, David, I know you're watching the whole thing and you're going to bring his clips and I know I'm going to see clips. I didn't watch it live. I've seen some of the clips, but you know, in context, everything he talked about. So I'm guessing he's talked about how he's brought us together as a country,
5: like he promised he would to unite people Uh, because uh, he has a history of that. uh, No, no, he didn't talk about that. And he has not done that either. Uh. Well, did he talk about how he shut down the
3: virus? Remember, he said he would do no, that and he, then get the kids back to school and then they would be thriving more than ever. Uh, he no, talk about that. No. no,
5: actually, even with this safe and effective vaccine, his first year in office, we saw more COVID related deaths hey, than sh- the first year of the pandemic under sh- Donald Trump. Sh- what they about
4: of talk is divisive, sir.
5: Well,
3: what about, did, well, did he at least talk
5: about how he has secured the border and stopped the flow of fentanyl from coming in and oh. killing people? Well, no, because mm, that no. has also not been accomplished.
3: <laughs> did he talk about the idea of criminal justice reform and reimagining police and how successful that has been in keeping our city safer?
5: No, he did not talk no, about it. No, he, about he that. did what? not. No. Mm. None of these things, huh? Um, did he talk about how our energy prices have come down? No, no because okay. they, they haven't come down, really.
6: Oh, yeah.
3: Um, let's see. Did he talk about how happy families are right now that trans activism is happening in our elementary school? that's That it's say. more inclusive. You know,
4: he left that one out and I was very surprised because that's a positive Gosh, that's God. a win. Still not <laughs> yep. still not celebrating no, What
3: about right. what about the successful withdrawal from Afghanistan and the greatest airlift in American history or the history of the world? Did he <laughs> no. did he go back to that? No, no he didn't no. he did not actually he left go, that out too. go to that one, no. Did he at least Say how he put true international d- 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 pressure to unite everyone with Ukraine. Did he talk about that? No,
4: he did. No, he did not. No, no, left that one out too. Hmm.
3: Okay. Did he talk about what a great job it was to, you know, uh, help people get educated about the vaccine with those vaccine mandates and how popular that was with the American people no, and how that's no, worked out well? No. no, I missed that one. Hmm. Uh, Did he talk about how he was keeping China on their toes, confusing the China One policy? (laughs) That one really
4: surprised me. Yeah. Yeah, but no, he didn't. Hmm. Did he talk about how he misspoke that
3: one time about regime change in Russia?
5: No.
4: Nope. That didn't come up either.
5: Still not celebrating the wins. No, No, not celebrating the wins. It's really hard, you know. Well,
3: then what in the heck did he talk about?
5: Well, Joe Biden did a primetime speech saying that democracy itself is on the ballot because a homeless nudist who conversed with an invisible bird fairy attacked the House Speaker's husband. Hmm. Top of mind for everyone, my friend. Everyone. Obviously, this is the thing. That we got to really talk about the radicalization of homeless nudist protesters uh, who hear messages from invisible fairies that come to them in the form of birds and, you know, what they may do as a result of this, okay? What a scourge. Yeah. Well, he, he tied that to the Capitol riot, too, and said, Hey, oh, you God know, know. we we need to vote against that because apparently there's like 300 officials who agree with the homeless nudist who conversed with an invisible bird fairy. All right, let's hear the president. We don't settle our differences in
2: America. With a riot, a mob. The heck we don't. Think 2020. Right. We got some crap done. <laughs> Burn some crap down. Yeah. What are you talking about? Go <laughs> ahead. Or a bullet or a hammer. 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 We sell them peaceably at, the at the battle box. The ballot box. They said, what? At the, the battle box.
5: box. Yeah. There, that's more like uh-huh. it, yes. The battle box. It's a new game from... Hasbro. <laughs> I like that, though, because they, they really want forget about the summer of love 2020 for a moment. Just remember what happened on the day of Trump's inauguration in 2017. And here's a reminder of the news coverage as he's saying, we don't settle our differences with hammers.
6: Hmm.
4: The anger reaching a boiling point in the nation's capital after President Trump took the oath of office.
0: We have seen many people injured, both protesters and police officers. Burning cars and smashed windows, armed
5: with hammers. Hammers! Hammers! (laughs) We don't do that. Leftist protesters were settling their political differences with hammers in 2017. No word on the status of the invisible bird fairy.
6: Okay?
5: I don't know where he was at that time. So seriously...
3: The whole speech last night yeah. is MAGA bad. Yeah. If you vote for MAGA, we're losing democracy. Right,
4: exactly. When, in fact, if you don't want to lose democracy, vote straight ticket Republican. Right. i <laughs> just want to throw that out there.
3: Okay, this hasn't worked before. No. I understand it's desperation. We knew it was going to de- be desperation. I suppose this guy can't embarrass himself any more than he already has. Oh, that's true, yeah. But still, man... Really? That was the whole thing? Did you think there would be
5: some other wrinkle to it? No, I, I I like how he casually every once in a while would put in, well, I'm talking about the vast minority of MAGA Republicans who who condone this violence, but then turns around and says Republicans aren't condemning violence enough. And then turns around and says, "Hey, you know, a lot, a majority of the people running under the Republican banner are election deniers and insurrectionists, and agree with that homeless nudist who talked to a invisible bird fairy." Right. Yes.
3: Yeah, I know. I know. And then, of course, legacy media, they get their talking points and they carry it on out there. Democracy's on the ballot. It's good morning, America. This is a
7: speech President Biden has very much been wanting to give, (laughs) laying out the stakes for what is coming up in these midterms. He (laughs) says this is a struggle for the very soul of America and that democracy is on this ballot for everyone in this country. The very soul
5: of this nation. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. (laughs) Where are the receipts on that? Because they say, well, you know, experts are telling us that there are 300 Republicans who were election deniers on the ballot this year. Well, they said it on the news. It's got to be true. Closing
0: argument. President Biden (laughs) saying democracy is on the ballot on Tuesday, calling it the struggle for the soul of America. Yes. And calling out former President Trump
8: with hundreds of 2020 election deniers on ballots across the country. Hundreds. Hundreds.
5: Ha- Menaces, but how do you actually define that? Hundreds of election yeah. deniers, because what they're trying to impart to the audience or convey to the audience is that there's all these hundreds of people who agree with the likes of Sidney Powell or Lynn Wood. That oh yeah, there were Venezuelans hacking machines and blah 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 all this nonsense that was that was talked about then. Mm-hmm. They but they they rope in the vast majority of people. Who said, yeah, there was a lot of shenanigans that went on in 2020. It's obvious. In fact, I mean, we've mentioned this several times. Time magazine had a huge piece about it after the election where the people involved in these shenanigans were bragging about getting away with it.
3: Yes. So,
5: so, like. Well, not only that, man, real quick, and I know
3: we got to move on to other stuff. You know how when there is a a talking point that is happening at the moment, but you know you are part of it say, even just a few years ago, mm-hmm. there is at least that part in you going, okay, I, I guess you could say that about me a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's happening. Because if you remember, after the 2016 election, there was polling done.
5: Yeah,
3: Dude, the majority of Democrats didn't accept it. They didn't think he was legitimate. Oh, yeah. that's That's not just Hillary Clinton out there saying it or, you know, other Democrats in office. These were just voters saying that he did not win fairly, and that he was an illegitimate president. That's over 50%. Yeah. So this message that's supposed to resonate with people, I mean, somewhere within them, they have to be saying, well, I do remember that I I didn't think that last election was fair in 2016. Yeah. I got to believe that. They're desperate. Don't it's worry. falling on deaf ears to a large degree outside of media. It is what it is.
4: Extreme, ultra, mega, jumbo, mega. That's mega, 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 mega.
5: Yep. <laughs> Okay, Kerry Lake, Arizona. Yeah. What's the story here, David? Oh man, I love this. This is oh something gosh,
4: this is the this could be the greatest piece of audio yeah. you're going to hear all day today. Oh, I'm awesome. not kidding. This so, is this is a masterclass so, again.
5: So there's a new attack ad against Kerry Lake, the Republican running for governor in Arizona. The ad features the mother of uh, Brian Sicknick, the Capitol police officer who died of a stroke the day after the Capitol riot. Remember, we were all told he was beaten to death, right? But it, that wasn't true and he died of natural causes. It's tragic, there's no question about it. Did the stress yep. from that day play a role in it? Possibly, but I bet but, it did. But that's an that's an unknowable thing. The fact yep. of the matter is he was not beaten to death and he did not die during the riot. Right. Uh now in the ad though, his mother blames Carrie Lake for her son's death. Uh and that's a really dicey thing because of course, you don't want to besmirch anybody who who has lost a son. Uh, it's, and there, there's a delicate dance you have to do when refuting the ridiculous accusation that you well, are responsible for somebody else's death. Scott, you had
3: yeah. it on your trifecta, and it is. It, that's a grieving mom, yeah cry yeah, out loud. Well, yeah, and yeah. to take advantage of that, you know. Yeah, and to exploit and the yeah.
4: death of someone is really something, with the mother.
5: Yeah, so a CBS... Scumbags, yeah. So, so a CBS News reporter uh, asked her about this. And this is a masterpiece, man. Oh, it is. Here's Carrie Lake.
9: What's her name? The mother of Brian Sicknick? Yeah. And I think it's Cindy Sicknick. Cindy, I just want to say to Cindy Sicknick, I'm so sorry about the death of your son. It, it is tragic. I'm a, a mother myself, and that is, uh, it breaks my heart. A, that is a wound when you lose a child, no matter how old they are, that never heals. And so I don't want to disparage her. She doesn't know me. I wasn't anywhere near the Capitol on January 6th. And I understand that her son died, I think, the following day of a stroke or natural causes. And I I feel for her, and I, I see the pain in her eyes. And I would never try to disparage or hurt her, because I know when a mother has pain like that, there's no way to heal that. And that's why I feel for these moms and dads who hit me up on the campaign trail, and they grab me. And you can spot them from across the room. There is a, a loss in their lives that can never be replaced. And we're losing thousands of young people. When they tell me they lost a son to fentanyl, wow. when they lost a daughter to fentanyl poisoning, um, this is why we are pushing so hard to secure that border and stop fentanyl from pouring across.
4: It's really good, man. She is so good because she spent so much time in the swamp. I think she understands how the game works. That's part of it. She processes things very quickly, too. That's part of it. She's got something else, man Oh, I agree. You know what I mean?
3: There are plenty of people that went from media into politics that are not that good She sounds like a human being in a a lot of the ways she attacks or Defends or in that moment To get your message across and do it with grace. That's rare, man. She's really really good and then I, before I'm putting her on a pedestal, it's the same thing we'll say anytime. Please listen, no pressure, but don't let us down. Right, we're putting exactly. a lot of hope in you there. Been burned by so many politicians over time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Once bitten, twice shy, babe. You know how it is. Okay, lot to get to. <laughs> you know, one thing that's got to stop as far as inflation. Greedy corporations. Who has that talking point? We'll get to that much more right here. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show, Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins.
5: All right, there's always a lot going on. We
2: sell them peaceably at the battle at the battle box, the
5: ballot box. <laughs> the, 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 the,
2: the, the,
5: the battle box. That's another
4: term for box. a drop box. Yeah. Okay. Got
3: it. Whatever. You know what he meant.
4: Mm-hmm. You know the...
5: And inflation is not Biden's fault. Mm-hmm. It's not the left. It's not the Democrats. The greedy corporations. That's what we're hearing. It's very interesting that it's simultaneously a global problem where everyone else is worse off than us, which is not true. But that's what Democrats have been saying. But then it's also a uniquely American thing because of American corporations.
6: Mm-hmm. That's the
5: two, right. Th- again, those two things can't be true at the same time. It can't, we can't be better off than the rest of the world, but worse off because of domestic corporations. That doesn't make sense. I thought they ran this excuse up the flagpole they already, did. and it was rejected. Look, they, they did, but it's desperation Hail Mary time, okay? okay. Democratic right. Representative Katie Porter was on MSNBC and said, you know, corporate profits – That's what's driving inflation. Okay.
7: Fifty-four cents of every extra dollar that we are being asked to pay is going to corporate profits. And here's why. Because the market power of these big corporations has grown. As small businesses, medium-sized businesses have been gobbled up by larger businesses, squeezed out by the... Gosh,
3: dang it, man. I'm sorry. You know know what? I know. I know. I don't want to do like the angry guy pounding my fist today.
5: I'm just reacting to that because I haven't heard it. You caused this, right? I mean, she's in California. Talk to your governor about why so many small businesses were gobbled up by larger corporations. You want to know? You closed them down. You closed them down. They couldn't stay open. They couldn't compete with the Amazons of the world. And then now we're in a position where if they took pandemic relief aid. In the form of a paycheck protection program loan the president is shaming them for it yes of course so yes they are so no that that that's just total garbage top to bottom okay go on
7: squeezed out by the pandemic unable to deal with their supply chain issues the largest corporations bankrolled by wall street have gotten more and more powerful
3: listen you talk about these greedy corporations and shake your fist mm, then it's their fault they pay you gobs of money to vote the way you vote. I think people have woken up to that yeah. it 's like some of the Republicans that have been out there Google big tech. how much money did they give to my campaign? How mi- Oh good, okay, so I can go up there every few months. And throw a fit about we got to do something to rein them in while you're getting money from them.
4: Yeah, you have you to be freaking clear. frauds. You have to be clear. You have to state that thing publicly, but you're not going to do anything about it. Right, to the people that are giving it to you. Right. Look, you're I'm going to say some things that are not really. You're not going to like, but right. Don't worry.
0: Go out
3: there for show. Right. Yeah.
7: Let's be clear about what pricing power feels like to the mom like me in the grocery store. It feels like getting ripped off by Wall Street because oh. that's exactly <laughs> what's happening.
6: No. Yeah.
4: So you she, know, okay. I just had this conversation at the grocery store. This woman looks at me and goes, I just spent $150. I got 20 items here. And then she turned to me and said, if it weren't for that damn greedy Wall Street, this problem wouldn't happen. <laughs> no one no. talks like that.
3: No, oh, I no. thought you going to say, then she asked if I'd help her
5: pay, and I said, okay. <laughs> no, no. No, the thing is, they say like, "Oh, there's fifty-four cents on every extra dollar in corporate profit." Right, exactly. That's how freaking inflation works. The percentage actually lines up perfectly with the producer price index, which is the cost companies pay for things that they package and sell to you. They're paying more, which means you're paying more. That's That's, called inflation, idiot.
6: Yes.
3: By the way, speaking of the grocery store, do you see what Aldi is doing? Uh -uh. It's in like thirty-eight states. For a lot of the uh, items around Thanksgiving, they're going back to 2019 prices. I thought that was kind of a cool marketing thing, actually. Yeah. Yeah. You know, stuffing, wine, apple pies, stuff like that. So, anyway, okay. Um, This was one final warning last night from Joe Biden to the nation. We'll review straight ahead. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, I'm the Gen Xer. David Van Camp's the millennial. And the sexy baby boomer. That's Scott Robbins. Looking very American today. Red, white, and blue. This Philly's hat, Man wagoner. Okay, let's get to that speech from last night. <laughs> You're well, not a Phillies
4: fan. Well, hey, I would have worn an Astros hat today, you know, I mean, after okay. all. Yeah. But I decided I'm gonna stick with Philly and that's the way it is. Okay.
5: Uh, Okay, so Joe Biden went out in front of the nation yesterday and gave a primetime address saying that because a nudist freak show who had a history of talking to invisible fairies beat up and hospitalized the husband of the Speaker of the House. Well, that's the whole new plan for
3: mega-mega Republicans. yeah. It's, they go years undercover yeah. as a nudist freak. Yeah. <laughs> drug addict. And they put BLM signs outside of their bus that they live in and rainbow flags. <laughs> it really throws everybody off they for a while, Trump. but they're really a part of the MAGA plan. That yeah. that's that's
4: the genius of yeah, it. I don't, it I, don't,
5: I don't know if you've heard about this, but sources are telling me that Trump is going to run for president. Again, and his running mate is going to be the invisible bird fairy. That's awesome. I don't know if you knew that. You know? yeah.
3: Voter ID <laughs> laws have been really disproportionately affecting invisible fairies for as long as I know, but we got to do something about it. We well, really yes.
5: We need invisible yeah. fairy equity in this country yes. right now. And when do we want it? Now. 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 Right now. Yep. Not later. Yep. Now. No, mm-hmm. now. Uh, anyway, <laughs> White House Chief of Staff Ron Klein, who many believe actually is kind of running the show uh in the biden administration uh he was on msnbc to talk about this speech and said hey you know what this is like last call for democracy okay that's why the president went out and did that speech last night Okay. The
0: president decided a few days ago that it was important to uh, uh, issue one final warning on this issue to make very clear, to leave no doubt, uh, that we have people out there still peddling the big lie, people uh, uh, now raising the issue of election denial in this election, uh, and of course uh, the horrible incident uh, uh, involving Speaker Pelosi and her family, mm-hmm. uh, you know, showing the rising threat of political violence. Oh
3: my gosh! You got invisible fairies everywhere. Yeah. whispering in the
5: ears of Mega Magus mm-hmm. saying hammer them. Hammer them all. There's one in my studio right now. You can hear mm. him. Tweet, 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 tweet. I heard him. That's, yeah, you heard it. Yeah. Mm. Telling me to do some terrible things. Man, that is so much consultant
3: corporate <laughs> well, yeah, speak they, <laughs> from Ron Klain right there. I got to get all the talking points in 24 seconds. This is the final uh,
4: warning before Joe turns the car around. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Pelosi,
3: it's that, it's election deniers, mm-hmm. and it's this election, no, too. Yeah.
4: And yeah, all the talking points were there. All the closing argument talking points were there. Okay. All of them.
3: Okay, you Real can't quick, talk about
4: success because there aren't any. We've already covered that.
3: When the general public hears election denier, am I, and I don't know this, I'm asking the question, what do you think they think? Is it just somebody that questioned the last election? Yeah. Because it's been proven there was a lot of nefarious crap going on. Yeah. I mean, that's been proven. So if you're just a part of some poll, say you are in Wisconsin or you're in Pennsylvania or wherever, and asked, hey, do you think that last election was fair? Well, no, I don't. For all of the reasons that's been laid out. And, you know, people were caught. Those are facts. Mm Mm-hmm. So are you then the election denier? I don't know how they tally that. Do you have any idea, David? No.:
4: you know remember the times you used to like you used to think, well, I could cheat on a test,, yeah. but you wanted to miss like four or five, just so they wouldn't catch on. Mm-hmm. Disclaim today that Joe Biden had more votes than any other presidential candidate in the history of our country, and nothing was funky about it.
3: I would love to see that polling. What? I don't even know maybe it was done, and I just didn 't see it. Yeah, of how many? Registered voters believe that Biden got eighty one million
4: votes. Yeah. yeah, I mean you had to miss, you had to miss a couple to get people not to phone it in, right? If he'd have said seventy million, sixty five million, he might have went okay, all right. Eighty one million. Yeah. Okay, we could go. I was on. cheating off David, and he was perfect score. But I got to miss a couple, and yeah,
6: they'll catch well, on. Right, exactly. Yeah, right.
3: That, and you know, I understand. This whole thing, trying to link it to Paul Pelosi, it makes no sense, but they're desperate, right? Yeah, they are. Yeah. So let me ask this question before we move on. Would Biden have gone out and given that speech last night had Paul Pelosi not been attacked with a hammer?
5: So, Is that what juiced it up? That's a good hypothetical, but no, I, I, I don't think, I think so. He would I, have. I think he would have anyway. I, I don't think so. I, I think they saw an opportunity here. Really? And, and That's they what I was kind of thinking. It. Well, because it wasn't, it was sort of like scheduled at the last minute. They're just going to put this out there. They're like, okay, well, we got, before anything, you know, like, uh, I don't know, body cam footage or the 911 call comes out, we're going to just, uh, we're going to go ahead and try to make hay on this right now. I, I do think that he would not have done this had it not been for the attack on Paul Pelosi.
3: And again, man, legacy
5: media, they're pushing that narrative. They get
3: the marching orders. That was in part of the. Good morning, America intro, I think.
10: Security questions mounting for the second in line to the presidency, with chilling new details emerging about the brutal attack on Speaker Pelosi's husband.
3: Okay. So, real quick on new security questions, right? Yeah. That that's what we're getting. Um, what is the security question? And I don't mean to make light of this, but they're saying, okay. We've got the Capitol Police looking. It wasn't being monitored there because Nancy Pelosi wasn't there. It was just Paul. Yeah. But it was also this part of,
5: I mean, did the alarm not go off? They have a private security system. Yeah, that's the weird thing. They've got a private security uh, security cameras on the property as well. And, I mean, if you were to break into my home... Uh, we keep making this point, but it's true. It, I mean, you would... It, Uh, No one would sleep through it. Our alarm is extremely loud. It's crazy. And it automatically calls the police. But this
3: is the part. Listen to this. And I mean this as just a regular jamoke trying to figure it out, okay?
0: Pelosi's home had a private security system set up that was supposed to notify law enforcement if there was an intrusion. But it's unclear if that alarm ever went off. No, I think it's pretty clear it didn't go off. Right. (laughs)
3: What do you mean it's unclear? How is it this far in to this story it's unclear if we know if the alarm went
5: off, yeah, because you would think that, that makes absolutely no sense yeah, that's what when the initial report came out and they said they wanted to do like a welfare check, yeah. yes, or something like that, that's what I thought it was, like the alarm went off, notified that's SFPD, what i d yep, and so obviously they're not going if your alarm goes off, they're not going to kick in the door you know and, and with guns drawn and whatnot because it could be a false alarm. But, you know, it's like the alarm goes off. They're trying to call to get the security code or the password or whatever, verify everybody's okay. Yes. Um, And then they show up anyway. Uh, But in this case, it sounds like Paul Pelosi was the one to call the cops. So obviously, then, the alarm did not go off.
3: Okay, then let's just stop everything for a second because this brings up something completely different. We have to be worried about members of Congress now cuz maybe they're not protected.
5: They all they just got another $10,000 to no, spend on David. personal security. No, you listen. Meanwhile, Capitol
0: Police say they have launched an internal security review as they work to beef up protections for members of Congress.
3: Seriously, if I'm one of the home security systems ADT
5: whoever, call us. Right. <laughs> the freaking alarm goes off and somebody breaks the window. Mm-hmm. And, and and we don't cost $10,000 a no. year. It's insanity. <laughs> Who is supposed to believe this? Yeah.
4: Anyway. I'm going to say that I mean, they should buy a dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a, <laughs> a dog, dog would for at least every bark? congressman. That's right.
3: Okay. Moving on. Elon Musk. What's going on with Elon and Twitter? Do you trust Elon as far as free speech? It seems like that's what he's after. But I did see this piece of Daily Wire Headline was, Musk agrees to restore censorship tools after meeting with leftists. Elon caved in less than a week, was the quote. Okay, so I'll just read from the story. Elon Musk reportedly will restore the content moderation tools that he briefly suspended after taking over following a meeting that he had this week with left-wing groups. Bloomberg News reported that Musk promised the groups that he would restore content moderation tools that had been blocked for some, by, or for some staff by the end of the week. Okay,
5: what do you make of that? Well, I, I don't know. I think out of the three of us, maybe uh, my perception is at least that I was probably the most skeptical of what Sh- Elon Musk would, would do. Oh yeah, yes. Um, but I, I don't. I also think that alarm bells ringing is a little bit premature. I do too. As he's bringing in all this stuff, and my my lame analogy is is it's kind of like you know you got a new head coach of a football team. Now maybe you you fire. The defensive coordinator and the offensive coordinator, and bring in your own guys, which Elon Musk has done. But you don't immediately just sight unseen, you know, fire every trainer, fire every other assistant coach, mm-hmm. and everything else. You kind of want to see what the system is before you decide what you're going to change in it. No, if you ever re-interviewed for
4: a job you've already have, right? When a new company comes in, I mean, this very well could be that way.
5: But I, I, I tend to still kind of be in that same spot where I think a lot of conservatives are going to be disappointed and a lot of liberals will be pleasantly surprised. Uh, and no one is going to really want to admit either one. Right now, honestly, if people
3: can talk about whether it's whatever's going to be the next big story, whether it's COVID, a Hunter Biden laptop, whatever it might be that's been suppressed in the past... Or talking about someone that's actually grooming kids, I'm all for it. That I mean, that's the hope. We can get to a story later, and maybe you've seen it. Elon's having some fun with Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. <laughs> um, David, you got
5: a story of a conservative trans writer? Yeah. What is this story? Man, it is. It's a heartbreaking story. This is from a guy named uh, Chad Felix Green. Uh, not one of the activists and, in fact, is extremely uh, hostile towards the activist class because he sees them as a threat to not only his identity as a trans person, but also to the well foundations of human beings. Um, and uh, wrote about his 12-year-old niece who's going in and out of depression and anxiety because she thinks she might be asexual, but a girl and her friends are all trans and bi and whatnot. Uh, and it's just one more damn thing to be thrown into kids' lives right now to make them hate themselves, essentially. Yeah. And so in this girl's case, she's 12 and she's panicking over which identity combination she's supposed to pick. Uh, and her friends make fun of her for being like this the boring straight cis girl and uh, she's afraid she's going to be rejected <laughs> if she turns out to not be queer. Uh, and so she's decided she's going to be asexual. The problem is, and we've seen this story play out, if you look for the stories, you'll find them Oh yeah, of young girls who they try to adopt these identities and then they realize they're miserable and then they become suicidal. And, and in this case, sadly, his 12-year-old niece, uh, they found a notebook where she talks about hurting herself and she's been cutting herself, they found out. Um, Dude. Yeah, it used to be. I mean, acceptance is huge
3: at that age. Oh, yeah. We all know that. And whatever it is. If you think back when you were younger, what does that mean? You'd smoke a cigarette, drink a beer, do whatever to be accepted, and now it's oh, I'm gonna change my identity. I mean, it's a social contagion, especially with young girls. That's interesting, man. So the trans writer is saying, Stop it. This is yeah. what's happened to my niece. Yeah, this is this is grooming. Well, yes. And a little while ago that person's booted from Twitter for even saying that. Yeah. Wow, that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't know if you saw this. Don Lemon got moved to mornings you know, on CNN. Mm
4: -hmm. You know, I forgot all about that. Yeah. How's he doing there? So did everyone else. How's he doing? How's Don doing? Because I imagine he brought all those big ratings with him, didn't he? Well, he didn't have big ratings before, Scott. I I think you're just being a smart aleck, to be honest. Well, yeah. Toward
3: Don. Yeah. Uh, But no, it's not going well. You'd think, because this guy was a prime timer, he's a big deal, right? Right. It's not just Don Lemon. Don freaking Lemon, man. That's right. They move him to mornings, certainly they're going to get a little boost the first week and then it evens out, but a little spike there, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, you would think. No. No, it's, it's worse off than New Day was before.
4: How is that possible? Well, he's not very good. Well, I know he's not very good, but my gosh, New Day? Dude. The bar's not real high
5: here. I understand. Okay. It's because CNN has destroyed its brand. I mean, completely destroyed its brand. They have. Maybe just a talent coach could get to Don
3: and say, bring out some of your best stuff. Cry if you have to about this country and what it means. Things like that. We don't
0: care who
5: you are. Right. We don't care if you voted for us or not. You're all part of this American experiment. Yes. Watch Don in the morning. I'm still
4: standing. I'm here. (laughs) That's right. More tears equal ratings. Come on, Don. Yes. But I guess so far the audience is judged. God is not about hindering people or
3: even judging people.
4: (laughs) No, of course not. And
3: bring that wisdom on people. News update next. All right then, the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, if I give you this stat, tell me if you believe it to be true. Approximately fifty-seven percent of teachers call themselves Republicans or independents.
4: Fifty-seven percent? Yes.
5: No, I don't believe that. I, I might believe that.
3: That would leave forty-three percent Democrat. That sounds. Yeah. Su- Somewhere about right.
5: I think, really? yeah, if you yeah, if you account for the independents and whatnot and mm-hmm. you account for, uh, I don't want to just like try to go after big city, more urban uh, teachers, because I think there are a lot more conservatives there than you might imagine. Um, well,
3: I bring this up, and here's the reason why. Because some numbers recently came out, and I heard about it, I looked it up, I couldn't believe it. So the National Education Association and the American Federation of Teachers, two biggest unions, collected approximately $575 million in dues from their members. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking, all right, it's all there to help the members, right? Yeah, no. Dude, their spending as far as, for things political, went through the roof over the last number of years, and it stayed about the same for what they do for their members, and people have had enough yeah. Oh, my goodness. In 2021, the one union spent $66 million on political activities and lobbying. And you're like, okay, what are they, what are they giving to? Uh, AOC, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Hillary Clinton. Um, Stacey Abrams, Fair Fight Political Action Committee. Uh, a lot of woke stuff in there. Oh, yeah. That's where that money is going to from those teachers, dude. Boy, there might be a big split coming. It'd be great you we'll see it. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Oh, my goodness. Threat to democracy. I'm literally
4: shaking right now. There's so (laughs) many election deniers on the ballot. I I was ready to call 911. You were shaking so hard over there. Terrified. I'm
3: terrified. Boy, oh, boy. where do you want to start here david
5: oh well (laughs) i mean biden spoke last night yeah he did Uh, joe biden's closing argument ahead of the midterms is that mega mega republicans are to blame for a drug addled homeless person who spoke to an invisible bird fairy attacking the house speaker's husband we got we got to do something about these mega mega republicans and their evil invisible fairies who come to people in the form of birds (laughs) The thing is,
3: man, every time you say that, I feel the need to actually say, that's true. That's true. It's not like you're joking. No. No, That's true.
5: The guy who attacked Paul Pelosi had written about an invisible fairy that attacked one of his acquaintances, by the way. So it's not a nice fairy. It's a bad fairy Mm -hmm. that would show up to him in the form of a bird. Did that ferry wear boots? Ozzie told me they did.
2: <laughs> anyway, here was Biden last nice night. Nice Sabbath
4: reference. Thank though. you.
2: All this happened after the assault. Yeah. And it just, I, it's hard to even say.
3: It's, everything it's hard it's free. to even
2: say. After yeah. the assailant entered the home asking, where's Nancy? Where's Nancy?
3: Okay, which is it? Did he stand over Paul Pelosi? And Paul Pelosi was startled to see the guy there? Or did he just come in, break the glass, and just start yelling, Where's
1: Nancy?
5: Which is it? I think as the police narrative goes, he he woke up, he broke in and then woke up Paul Pelosi and asked where Nancy was. Man, I understand that's a big house. Man, that's
3: a sound sleeper right there. No kidding. A broken glass. Somebody comes in and you're, man,
4: that's a good night shut-eye right there. Well, he's probably got the sound of a babbling brook going at a high volume in the room. Oh, that could be too. Yeah.
2: Anyway, sorry, Joe. Go ahead. Those are the very same words used by the mob when they stormed the United States Capitol. Oh, that's on right, January the sixth. Chilling. When they broke windows, mm. kicked in the doors, brutally attacked law enforcement, roamed the corridors, hunting for officials.
6: Hunting
5: <laughs> hot. hot. Honey, hunting for officials, yes.
2: Now, partners, ha- hunting, for officials, hey, yes. Hey,
5: I like this this idea that where's Nancy is the secret insurrectionist call now, as opposed to somebody asking where a person might be. Mm-hmm. Like it's like is is there something significant about just where's Nancy? Like is it's got if that's true, then it has got to have been a miserable couple of years for liberals named Nancy. Mm, boy, huh? every time someone, hey, where's Nancy? Oh my yeah. gosh, January says, ah! And
4: males being derogatory to each other.
5: Right. you're a Nancy. Yeah, well, it's like my, my old uh, middle school football coach. That's who, right. When we were uh, complaining right. about it being hot, he would say, "Well, sack up, Nancy." Nancy. That's. Well, I that didn't realize a- that he was an insurrectionist. Well, it's a dog whistle, David. Oh it? my
3: gosh! It turned into sack Nancy's house. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> but I keep telling you guys, democracy is at stake here. <laughs> democracy is at stake because. <laughs> oh, by the way. <laughs>
5: I'm sorry. Go ahead, David. But I'm we have so- new details. Uh, nothing. No. Uh, it's just. I'm sorry. It's it's just ridiculous that someone asking where Nancy Pelosi was, and it, it's funny because to me, I mean, obviously this is a scary event. Someone broke in and then apparently wanted to like torture the Speaker of the House. That's a serious thing. Yes. But just like the riot at the Capitol was a very serious thing, Democrats have made it comedy by overplaying their hands. I mean, the day of the riot at the Capitol, you had Chuck Schumer talking about how it was like Pearl Harbor. And then people were coming out of the woodwork saying it was not only like 9-11, but worse than 9-11. And at that point, I'm like, okay, now it's funny to me. Because they're so ridiculous. Listen, man, no one wanted
3: to see anything happen to Paul Pelosi. No. Okay, that being said, the way media reports this story... Right? The brutal attack, the the unhinged attack, all these different things. And I understand it. He hit the guy with a hammer. But according to the dude that listened to the fairy, he wanted to tie Paul up and take a nap before he beat him with a hammer. Yeah. That's in the report. He wanted to tie him up first, take a nap while waiting a few days for Nancy. The guy's out of his mind. But we have chilling new details. Oh, I didn't know this. Okay. I didn't either until right. this
0: morning. I tuned into Good Morning America and This as the San Francisco DA's office reveals chilling new details about the assault.
8: This was a targeted attack. This was not a, a random residential burglary.
3: Uh you're kind of short on the new details. Yeah. Because I love the way those news organizations do that. Wait. Chilling new details.
5: And it's the same stuff. Wait a minute. That, that was this morning? That's this morning. That I, I recognize that audio. That was from yes. Tuesday. Correct. It's, it's Thursday. Yes. Then that is not a new detail.
3: It is not. But news
5: isn't really news, David.
3: Right? <laughs> I mean, you're trying to hook people in to keep watching. Chilling new details. It was targeted. Okay. All right, and that goes to January 6th, I guess. It's insane the way they try to put all this together.
5: You're saying, though, that someone tried to
3: assault a Republican Senate candidate last night? Yeah,
5: yeah. actually, as the president was preparing to give a speech about mega-mega Republican violence uh, and how it's influenced by apparently invisible fairy birds— uh, a Republican Senate candidate was almost assaulted at a debate. Uh, this is in New Hampshire. Republican Don uh, Bulldog was getting ready to debate incumbent De- uh, Democrat Maggie Hassan, and someone in the crowd ran up to him and threw a punch at him. Now, Don, yep. he's an old military guy, retired general, Ooh. ducked out of the way, and the guy was arrested. And apparently this dude's been threatening the candidate uh, for some time now.
3: You don't see that story around
5: very much. No, it's weird, huh? Sort of like how Lee Zeldin almost getting stabbed. (laughs) Yes. It was kind of like a day-long story. Yes. Oh, I don't know. Someone showing up outside of Brett Kavanaugh's house with a loaded gun. That was was crazy, man. A couple days, whatever, whatever. It was a targeted attack, huh? We didn't hear any new chilling new details. Well, no, we didn't on
3: any of that. Okay. All right. Thank you for keeping us up to date on that. Uh. Don't know if you knew this, Greta Thunberg is back in the news, um, and she said it's time to transform the West's oppressive and racist capital system.
4: Uh-oh. And do away with all of it. Well, okay. now. Okay. That's an interesting turn of events.
3: And as a lot mm-hmm. of people on the left have said, I don't know if you want to take this advice now or not, but sometimes you let children lead the way, and Greta Thunberg's done that. And maybe we should take that advice that right just, now.
5: Here's the thing, though. She's not a she's not a child anymore. Well, he,
3: well, yeah, she's nineteen, um, but still, uh, she can point the way, okay? Because we're gonna die here in a few years from, uh, from the climate. Yes. Okay. And you know, of course, we've had the song before. You know that. How I
7: dare know. you? Yes, you I know. You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. How dare you? Yeah, I know. This is all wrong.
3: Yeah. Has anyone seen the meme, by the way, that says, how dare you, and you've stolen my childhood, and it has Greta's picture, and then it's a kid, the Republic of the Congo, digging for cobalt, (laughs) and it's the kid saying, who stole the childhood? Yeah, right. That's for your electric car. Anyway, um, you know, I think this is a message that, you know, sometimes you need to hear brutal truth, and I was thinking about Robbins. And maybe this is a good message for you, because you've been... Some would say you're a climate denier, Scott. Some would say. Yeah,
4: well, you can say that if you want.
3: All right, right, well...
7: How long do you think you can continue to ignore the climate crisis, the global aspect of equity and historic emissions, without being held accountable?
4: Yeah. How much time you got?
3: (laughs) 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 Just know when the history of Scott Robbins is written.
7: We the young people are the ones who are going to write about you in the history books. We are the ones who get to decide how you will be remembered. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So my advice for you is to choose wisely.
4: Got that? You'll be sitting there listening to your same crappy music
5: over and over again. (laughs) Russian stooge says what? Right. (laughs) It's one of those things that never gets highlighted all that often. (laughs) With (laughs) all the panic over Russia, is that there are groups in Russia who have spent a lot of money supporting Greta Thunberg's campaign because they know the West is dumb enough to listen to this high school dropout shame them into getting rid of fossil fuels. And Russia benefits greatly from that. They do. You know,
3: we keep hearing that people across the globe are going to freeze to death this winter. Mm -hmm. Because of the energy crisis. Mm I wonder if you're going to hear a lot of people not saying, where's Nancy, but where's Greta? (laughs) With all of that. Remember that whole blah, blah, blah thing she did?
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah, the (laughs) blah, blah, blah thing was one of my favorites. Do you have
3: that? Oh, Dude. Yeah. Well,
4: they were not heard it, that in a long it, time. Yes,
3: and then she she used profanity.
0: No more exploitation of people and nature and the planets No more exploitation. No more blah blah blah.
4: No more whatever the f- they're doing inside there.
5: Yeah. She's had enough.
4: <laughs> blah blah blah.
5: Yes. I hear that clip, and again, I, I just yeah. wind up feeling bad for her because well, I, know. I feel
4: like I feel like her parents should be arrested.
5: Well, I mean, she's yeah. she always seems like she's on the verge of just a complete nervous breakdown. nervous breakdown.
3: Yep. Yes. But man, when the kid
5: gets to be 19 and
3: leading adults in a chant, yeah, you know that gets a little. <laughs> no more! 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 No more,
0: no more. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs>
5: Okay, it's not cute anymore. Oh, like it never was. When Trump said that she should go to like the mall or the movies <laughs> with some friends, and he said, chill, Greta, chill. <laughs> Have some fun, would you? That's oh, what wait. the old guard at Twitter took away from us. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely
3: right. Oh, do you guys see uh, one of your heroes, Stephen Colbert, get called out for some fake news? Oh, God. We need to get to that. And tree keg stands are going to be a thing this Christmas. Get to that as well. Coming up right here. Yeah. Good morning to the and Robin Show. Jamie Markley. I'm the Gen X with David Man, Camp. He's the millennial. Biden did. <laughs> Rob Scottens. He's the, uh, I'm on my way to ManCamp
4: boomer. Camp right now. I better believe it.
6: Channeling your
5: inner Paul Pelosi.
6: <laughs> That's right.
4: Whew. All right.
3: Got to get to this bit, including Stephen Colbert. So Tudor Dixon is running for governor in Michigan.
4: Yeah, and doing really well. Yes. Yeah. And
3: she's running against Gretchen Whipner. <laughs> <Golly>,
4: you all right. <laughs> I'm all right,
3: man. Well, I'm about to play a piece of audio that I think is okay.
4: Oh, I see you're nervous. A little bit. Okay. All right, David. Hand on the button, please. Yeah, that's what I said. I think it's fine. Um,
3: what happened, though, to Stephen Colbert is he got caught lying. All right. He's trying to make a fool out of Tudor Dixon on his show in his monologue. All right. Talking about parents being upset with explicit books in schools.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: That's all over the place. Yeah. And so this is from The Colbert Show. Roll it.
0: Dixon's not the only one worried about this issue, so is this guy she totally made up.
7: I had a gentleman come up to me just a few nights ago and he said, I found content in my school library describing how to have sex to my son. I went to the Democrats and I said, I cannot believe that this is in there.
0: Okay. <laughs> Fine. That happened. But.
3: Come on, that never happened. It's not true, right? Um, Although it did, because the man, Khalil Othman, Mm -hmm. told the Detroit Free Press, no, I'm real. My story's real. And my switch to the Republican Party is real. To claim that I'm not here, I don't exist, I'm not human, that's absolute ignorance. Said, if this person did his due diligence and start researching or has his team do a little bit of research, who's this person who attended Dixon's rally, they'll be able to find my name right away easy on social media. Just Google it. Wow. Yeah, but Said, not a- yes, my name is Khalil Othman. I came all the way from Dearborn, Michigan. I'm here along with two parents, concerned parents, against these sexually explicit books. I'm a proud Muslim American who expresses my values and concerns all the time. Dearborn has been voting Democrat blue for the last decade or two decades, but not anymore. On behalf of myself and my family, I guarantee you for sure that my family and my friends will vote Republican. Never before had he voted Republican.
4: So Colbert just wants to well, tell the audience
3: he doesn't exist. It's all
5: made up.
4: And well, Let's see if he apologizes tonight for that.
5: Oh, no, he's not going to. And no. you know what? It's because Stephen Colbert clearly is Islamophobic. Absolutely. Well, you can see that. He thinks exactly. that all Muslims are lying or don't even exist. He's actually trying to erase <laughs> right. Muslim identity. Could you imagine if these people had to play by their own rules? I mean, yeah. I mean, he Every once a, in a while it happens. Stephen Colbert, don't forget, is a white male Christian.
3: Mm. Mm. Is he really? I guess he's not the only one that has his faith questioned.
4: Was it? I oh, no, spew you hate got, every day. Well, yeah, can I be a Christian? yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you got one of those yesterday. I get our, those all the time on our social media page. And yeah, somebody was upset. How can Jamie Markley possibly call himself a Christian man when all he does is spew hate? I
3: <laughs> <laughs> Think if they heard us off air, they'd really be
4: questioning oh, my Christianity. Oh, yeah. Then, <laughs> you question what we really thought of him too. <laughs> oh
3: man, I got to bring this up. Um... And this is from, man, I guess this would have been appealing years ago, maybe, Robbins. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it still is to David that Miller Lite is selling tree keg stands that turn Christmas trees into bartenders. Yeah,
5: I would have enjoyed that. Yes. I mean, that's...
4: <laughs> Wouldn't go anywhere for Christmas. I'd stay home.
5: <laughs> Nothing That's like... not true. Nothing like actively encouraging alcoholism for the holidays. Mm -hmm. Well,
3: you're having people over. It's kind of this cool little thing, right? It's a metal table. You can fit a keg and ice bucket under it. It's got holes in the top, so you feed the tap through and clip it to a branch. So it looks like you're (laughs) pouring (laughs) a beer right out of the
4: branch of the tree. I like that. Clever.
3: Top, they said, is about three feet off the ground. Tree sits on it. Um, It says it can hold, I don't know, trees up to five feet tall and 150 pounds. You know, sometimes I look at stories like this not to say, hey, it's great, man. Go get wasted. It's th- that's kind of cool marketing, you know, and, you know, cautionary tale. A guy once knew you don't want to get drunk. You could wake up in a stupor and think you're outside and see a tree and start whizzing on it because you had to pee.
4: Somebody and was that drunk that you know. Turns out it was a Christmas tree whizzed all over the present. No kidding. Yes. Wow. Yeah. You still friends with this guy? Well, he's sort of. Yeah.
9: Yeah.
3: Uh-huh. This is the Mark Van Camp, and Robert Show.
5: Shut up. So what's the biggest story of the day, David? Uh, biggest story of the day, yeah. I guess, is that uh, as everything is falling apart in this country, the President of the United States is going out and once again saying that the biggest threat is those MAGA Republican homeless nudist protesters who hear mes- messages from invisible fairy birds.
3: Yeah.
6: Hmm.
3: Well, not only will they come in and want to tie you up and then take a nap, and then maybe beat you with a hammer later, mm-hmm. they could whiz on your tree. <laughs> I mean, these people, they whiz and defecate all over the place. I don't know if you've noticed that before. It can be a real mess. Your
4: Comprehensive fairy bird legislation needs to start. <laughs> Nobody needs one. Oh,
6: <laughs>
4: a view alert for Robin straight ahead. <laughs> oh, Got to hear it.
3: Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. David, do you have a news update before we move on? Yeah, yeah, I do
5: actually. Thought so. Okay. I wanna I wanna I'm sorry, this is just one of the funniest clips I've heard all day. Oh wow. So it's MSNBC. And right. they're talking about Biden's speech last night, where he was talking about the danger of mega mega Republicans, and we're gonna be losing our democracy. <laughs> <laughs> and all that, right? <laughs> Every okay, time so, you do that, I, I know. Well, <laughs> well, it's <laughs> I hear it in my head all the time because <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's delusional. I mean, what what yes. they're talking about is actually delusional.
4: Yeah, my fairy bird that sits on my yeah. shoulder
5: talks like that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's
4: what
6: I hear. January, <laughs> <time. laughs>
5: So so there's a guy who's normally I wouldn't bring this guy to the table cuz uh, he's just a nut job, right? He's a historian named Michael Beschloss. He's oh, on yeah. the SNBC. Oh yeah, that guy. He yeah. is one of the most unintentionally funny human beings on the planet. I agree. Uh, because he's always talking about how, you know, Donald Trump is Hitler and what we're witnessing is a new Reich and all this all this nonsense in America. And I bring him to the table, though, because he is actually one of the historians who advises the president. I know. When that, you remember the the big Philadelphia speech last time, yes. you know, Joe sat us down and gave us a good talking to? Uh, Michael Beschloss was instrumental in getting him to do that. So these I are remember. the people who are informing the president of the United States. All right? Here is Michael Beschloss talking about. That speech last night, this is a little over a minute long. So just let me know when you need to time out uh, to react to what he says, because there's a lot going on here. OK. All right.
10: Law and lo- six days away from losing our rule of law and losing a situation where we have elections that we all can rely on. You know, those are the foundation stones of a democracy. So if Biden had gone on the air tonight and said, biggest thing we have to worry about is you know marginal tax rate or something like that, well, it is important. But what significant presidents do, I think you will agree, we both write history, you and I. 1860, Lincoln didn't say, biggest issue is land-grant colleges, although he felt strongly. Time out. Said,
3: I'm sorry, man. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Does this guy, do you think have original thoughts, and people take his marching orders? Or is he just part of the per, the whole group that takes
5: marching orders? I, I think it's kind of a, a mixture of both. I, I He think, helps craft it? Yeah. I, I, I think you kind of have a human centipede okay. situation going on here when it comes right. to the comms department in the White House and people like him.
3: Okay, so you're talking, and you're really doing this, yeah. comparing people that questioned the last election. All right that was unprecedented in a number of different ways proven okay you're comparing that to slavery yes yeah and that's how much is at stake right now yes
4: you mean you haven't already connected those dots (laughs) i mean it's insane yeah and In the words of Robbins, that's
3: dog nuts crazy, man.
5: And the funny thing is, too, is that uh, the host of MSNBC, the guy interviewing him, Chris Hayes, he's that weird little guy who looks like someone tried to draw Katie Lang from memory. Um, (laughs) Wow. Google a picture of it. You know exactly (laughs) what I'm saying, okay? (laughs) It's classic. <laughs> but anyway, he's just like nodding along. Yeah, yeah, well, clearly, yes, obviously, I'm a writer of history too. <laughs> anyway, oh he goes, my goodness, he goes on. Wow. This
10: issue is land grant colleges. Although he felt strongly, he said the country can't survive half slave or half free. And a historian fifty years from now. If historians are allowed to write in this country, and if there are still free publishing houses (sighs) and a free press, which I'm not certain of.
3: Time out. Okay. Like these people are ignoring that people's free speech was suppressed over the last few years by big tech, with the Biden administration involved actively Mm -hmm. meeting monthly with these people to help decide. who should be deplatformed, and what messages on social media should get taken out. Oh, yeah.
5: Yeah. yeah. Oh, and you have a situation right now where employees at, uh, what is it, Penguin, the publisher, yeah, who are demanding that their bosses not publish the memoir of Amy Coney Barrett, Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett, over the Roe v. Wade thing. Do you understand what it's like to be a worker? You right. don't demand, Jack. <laughs> but
3: either way.
4: Are you out of your mind? Well, if you do, you get thrown out. Don't yeah, you demand. Yeah, no, you don't demand anything. No, show up to work and work. Get out. And then get out. You start making demands, you're going to get fired. Buy your own business. Yeah. Start your own publishing company. That's there it. You well, you've got so many weak no, I agree. Weak no, I leaders in this country
3: that just go along. Oh, we might get fired. We might get scared. We might get. Who knows? We could get canceled by the ugly mob. We just want to get along with everybody. No, you tell those workers, shut up. Get up. We're releasing the book. It's a Supreme Court justice.
5: Yeah. Shut it. Anyway, Michael Beschloss goes on with his completely sane take.
10: That is true. A historian will say what was at stake tonight and this week was the fact whether we will be a democracy in the future, whether our children will be arrested and conceivably killed. We're uh, on the edge of a brutal authoritarian system, and it could be a week away.
5: So, yeah.
3: Okay. I'm sorry, man. I just want to ask this question, David. Yeah. I, I know you probably don't have the answer, but I mean it sincerely. That whole take he just brought,
5: mm-hmm. based on what? Yeah, It's, it's actually insane what he just said was certifiable it's it's not i mean it's, how could it get to that conclusion what he's painting how so, so here's how here's how those types of disinformation ecosystems work you have something that you have a. i'll give an example one of my favorite examples was from and i mentioned this all the time i know from the 2020 election cycle the idea that donald trump was stealing mailboxes in order to steal the election right so it starts With something that is true, which was that the Postal Service was getting rid of some uh, some sorting machines. Uh, And they were removing and retiring some of those blue boxes. And the reason was because of the expenses associated with it. This was actually a plan that had been in motion for years. That you were going to retire the sorting machines. Well, liberals took that actual true thing that some of these machines were being sorted, or some of the sorting machines were being taken out. And they said, well, they're doing that in order to slow down processing uh, b- ballots. Well, ballots are first-class mail, which don't go through those machines. But the thing is, is that the people who hear it, who hear the hot take on it, don't actually know what the true story is behind it. And so they just hear what the take is that, oh, they're trying to uh, you know make sure that people's ballots don't get processed in time for the election. And they... Roll with it. And then they it's, it's this hot take snowball where it builds up to the point where now they actually believe that Donald Trump was stealing mailboxes in order to steal an election. And, and right here in this case, you're talking about secretaries of state candidates. You're talking about state legislature candidates uh, who do want to uh, give legal resource or I'm sorry, recourse to someone who had an election stolen from them. Because right now a lot of states don't have that. And they immediately mean that means that the Secretary of State is going to be able to decide whether or not a candidate wins or loses. That's not true. Nobody is actually pushing for that. Nobody's actually doing that.
3: I'm so tired of this stuff, man. It is a bunch of people that want to be accepted by like-minded people. Because if they ever push back... There's got to be something in their soul that says, I know this is bullcrap, but they want to be accepted so badly and can't even fathom the thought of getting kicked out of the club that they just keep going on freaking lying to people and trying to scare people. It's disgusting, man. All right. Do we need to hear this? Okay. It's a 12-second clip. This was Biden last night. Jeez,
2: Great irony about the 220 election. What? Is that it's the most attacked election in our history, and yet, and yet, there's no election in our history that we can be more certain of its results. <laughs> oh, my gosh.
3: None. Okay. I heard that I'm one. done. I'm moving on. I'm freaking yeah. moving on.
5: <laughs> in we, history.
3: We got to move on. You know what? You, you were saved for at least 10 minutes, Scott. I, we have the view talking about affirmative action. It's it's something. Here we go. It's Yeah, that's something. I don't know that w- we could take it right here. We'll get to it in a little bit. How about something, well, not even on a lighter note. It might be a controversial note on this show. There was this piece that came out talking about um, how you could maximize your vacation days next year in 2023. Okay? All right. Because, I mean, do you agree that it's good for people to get vacation to unplug Get some time away? Yeah,
4: yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's fine, fine yeah, by yeah. me. No, do yeah. you agree? I agree. Okay. Okay, I agree.
3: All right. And it says it won't work for everybody because a lot of companies don't give days off for all the holidays. Um, But, you know, what do you suppose the average is once you've been, if you take all workers together, you know, some people start with two weeks vacation, other people make it up to four. So if I take, you know, what is it? Maybe 15 days, something like that. Mm-hmm. They said in January, if you take the Thursday and Friday before Martin Luther King Day off, that'd be five days off in a row. That's pretty good. Not bad if you can work that out. Yeah, so you take that time. Mm-hmm. You get a longer extend because at least the research would show the longer you can be away, the more you can actually unplug.
6: Mm-hmm. Okay.
3: Then in April, you take the full week before Easter. Now, if your company's closed on Good Friday, not all are, or even Monday after that, you could have almost 10 days off there. Not quite, but you'd get an extended break. Then in July, you take off Monday the 3rd, so then you'd have a four-day weekend with that break. And then, check this, next November, if you take the full week after Veterans Day, if you happen to get that off, and the three days before Thanksgiving, it would be eight vacation days, but it would give you 17 days off in a row.
4: Tack that up on the wall Dang. here in the studio, okay, just so I know. Yeah, no kidding. I don't, I mean, listen, I'm not, I'm
3: not talking about so much for us. I don't think that's going to work. No. You know what I mean? But if you can do that. Oh, yeah. That's not a terrible idea. No, on this show, you take a couple days, you get shamed by Robbins exclusively. I don't shame you anymore. Yes, you do. You just did over a month ago. And then, man, I'm losing my voice. And, then you, and you love this, David. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to be taking a couple of days, and you, maybe it's a couple of months at a time. Well, mm-hmm. where are you going? Well, what are you doing? <laughs> like it has to
5: be justified by the right? court of Robbins. Yeah. <laughs> well, of well course. I need to know. I need to yeah, nose know. into your personal business. Come on. Yeah. Well, is this something that can uh, that can be skipped? I mean, do you really? Is it for pleasure or business? I mean, are you working? Are you miserable? Or is it, are you just laying around? Yeah. So what? I mean, your daughter's
4: it, moving out of state and you want to see her Why? Right. Well, I, well, listen. What, well, they don't have any your, cars your, where she's going? Your dad lives
3: lives less than an hour away. Do you need to take a day off to go up and go fishing with him? Yes. Does it really matter? Do I have to justify it? You can
4: do that over the lunch hour and come back. <laughs> <laughs> there,
3: there's one of those at every workplace. Well, yeah. what are you doing? Really? So you're taking the time? I know. Uh, okay. Okay. We'll get to that part of the view and affirmative action. You got to hear it straight ahead. Hey! All right, the Markley Van Camp Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I don't even know why i brought this in i know that's the way to promo a bit right yeah <laughs> it's the view talking about affirmative action because the supreme court have been talking about it yeah. and they may do away with it when it comes to colleges this well, case with harvard north carolina asian americans are discriminated against I easily- too smart you, you got to test way higher than everybody else
4: I usually DVR it and watch it later, but uh, I didn't see this episode of The View. Uh, Because I don't know how to think until I hear from Whoopi. Well, finally, someone (laughs) Mm -hmm. brings
3: some truth in. I'll set it up this way. They played a clip of Clarence Thomas talking about this issue.
1: I've heard the word uh, diversity quite a few times, and I don't have a clue what it means. Uh, It seems to mean everything for everyone. Actually, no, that's not what it means,
4: sir. <laughs> oh, whoopee. Uh oh, she's hot. Yeah, Look she's out. talking about, when, you are seeing
8: women who may not have had the ability to go to law school had affirmative action not been there to make sure that women were allowed in the. Okay, and then she goes on to talk about it. And you, Clarence. And I know you don't like to admit this, but you might have gotten some help because you would not have been allowed in the college of your choice had it not been for affirmative action.
5: Yeah, I, well, I don't, I don't know if that's entirely yeah. accurate here, but really. Well, the we other thing he, is actually, actually, Clarence Thomas has made the argument that uh, affirmative action actually hindered his professional career because he yes. uh, he applied for different law firms, but he wound up not getting any jobs, and because the thought was at the time, oh, he was just a diversity hire. Well, yeah, the college had to accept him, so he wasn't mm-hmm. good enough. Well, leave it to Sonny Haasen to come in and set it straight. God, okay. this is the biggest racist on the show.
8: The majority of Asian Americans support race-conscious admissions. What? And that's from the APIA they vote. They support what? They support race-conscious. Race-conscious, race-conscious admissions. And so
3: she goes through this whole list.
8: So, so let's not try to pretend that this is about Asian Americans being discriminated against. This yeah. is actually a concerted effort by a man named Edward, Edward Blum. Blum, Blum. Yeah.
3: Who, and it's racist and it's all this. Okay? So then... It's Sarah Haynes. She's yeah. like the de facto conservative. Well, sort of. Yeah. Well, she's
8: like, hey,
6: hey, hang on a second. Bring
8: up one thing that actually conflicts with your, the Pew poll in April 2022. These are says, just facts that I, that I No, this is true. It's the Pew poll, April 2022. Majorities of Americans across racial and ethnic and partisan groups say race or ethnicity should not be factored in to college acceptance. 68% of Hispanic adults, 63% Asian Americans. And
4: she goes to list it off. Mm-hmm. This whole thing. Mm-hmm. They won't take it. Well, no, she's not going to.
8: So I think what we need to do is recognize this for what it is. This is a right wing. Attack what? on our rights. Everything is. And it's a concerted effort. Well, Sonny, there are a lot it's of Asian racist. Americans that are a part of this, and there's something called oh a person. The pers- pers- well, yeah, and, and it can be started by a guy like that, but it doesn't disrupt the facts that there's a personality rating that Asian Americans are having trouble with in mm-hmm. regards to a cultural difference. It's I wouldn't even say it's discriminatory, it's downright racist.
4: Yes, it is racist. Yeah.
3: But you think she's gonna have the last word? No. I think Whoopi wants to make sure no one's defending
8: white people. Was that what it was? Explain, you know. Unless you're saying white people are discriminated against. No, no I'm saying Asian-American. Okay. Yeah. Asian well,
3: okay, as long as it's not white people. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Mark Lee Van Damme, and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I'm laughing right now because we had a plan for the show, and we're just talking about you know, forget the plan. And I, you made a good point, David. Yeah. Forget Joe Biden what he said
5: last night. David yeah. did not say forget Joe Biden. No, I did not. I used a different. Um, yeah, I, I said let's go. Starts uh, with the same. Yeah. Thing. yeah okay. Right. <laughs> let's go, Brandon. Um, right. No, because he gave that stupid little speech about democracy's at stake. <laughs> Because a homeless guy who had regular conversations with an invisible fairy who came to him in the form of a bird attacked the Speaker of the House's husband. Like, no, that, that's a terrible event that happened. Of course it is. Nobody's saying, oh, yay, I'm glad Paul Pelosi was attacked. No, Nobody cares. No, nobody's saying that. But it's also extremely weak to tie that to Republican messaging. Okay, it's just stupid. But, and, and honestly, it's, it, they want the conversation to go this way. They want people to talk about democracy's in peril, blah, 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 when, because they know they can't win on the real issues that matter, which are things like inflation. Well, before we get to that, I understand, man, and you're talking about
3: oil prices, all of that, but, David, did you know election deniers are on the ballot? Right.
0: Did you know it? Closing argument. President Biden saying democracy <laughs> is on the ballot on Tuesday, calling it the struggle for the soul of America. It's and calling out former President Trump with hundreds of 2020 election deniers on ballots across the country. No!
5: Yeah, and that... What does that word even mean, election denier? Because I don't know what anything means anymore. Again, they want to give you the impression that everybody who's on the ballot who is what they describe as an election denier. They want everybody to think that you're like uh, Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood talking about, you know, again Venezuelans hijacking voting machines, which is not the case. Well, again, man, (laughs) more than fifty. I think it was more than
3: sixty percent of Democrats didn't trust the 2016 election. Yeah. So again, there's got to be a lot of people watching this going, well, I remember not thinking it was right in 2016. Are people nuts yeah. for thinking it was a little shaky there in 2020 right. with the pandemic and all of that? They were
4: lobbying for the electoral v- voters to change their votes. Yes. They were lobbying for it. You don't have to do that, you know. And we, the democracy was going to come unglued then. Remember, we were going to lose our democracy then. Well, listen, man. You know what we need? These guys. We've been
3: conditioned to rely on experts. Okay, so maybe we need a political analyst. Okay, someone that uh, ABC and Good Morning America could provide oh, to talk about election deniers.
4: Uh, Ted Danson. Who, who do we have here? Do you really want this? Sure. I
3: haven't, I haven't unleashed it yet. What no is it?
7: From our political director, Rick Klein. And Rick, uh, you're keeping an eye on the critical state offices that will determine whether future elections will be fair and their results respected. <laughs> This
3: is going to determine whether or not future elections will be fair, okay?
0: Yeah, George, this is exactly what President Biden is talking
3: All about. Right. We've analyzed public statements along with our partners at 538, mm-hmm. and you can see candidates that deny the legitimacy of the last election, they're on the ballot everywhere. Almost every state has people like that running for Congress or statewide see? office. These are the ones that I'm most keyed in on, though, because these are battleground states that have people who deny the legitimacy of the election. <laughs> so I guess it really didn't tell you what those people are. No. Because there was nefarious stuff going on all over the place. So if you ever questioned it, saying, hey, did you know Zuckerberg put all this money into this state? We didn't even know they
5: could privatize elections. We didn't know it. No. Dude, again, I think it was Time Magazine that had that massive piece where people who took part in this bragged about it. They did. They're like, oh, yeah, by the way, we didn't know we could get away with doing all this stuff, and we did. It wasn't, again, and it wasn't necessarily illegal. It wasn't anybody, you know, adding votes to anything. It wasn't any hacking. It was just manipulating the system on the ground. It was a buddy of mine that said it late
3: in 2020, and I think we've used it, I don't know how many times since. It was rigged legally.
4: Yeah. For the most part. That's kind of the thing we've always said. Yeah. Uh, Now, something you said this morning when you came in. And and I agreed with you because I thought the same thing when I'm watching Biden last night. I'm listening to some of these screwheads today. They're 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 making it so they're going to get they're going to get shellacked. Every poll indicates that right now. Yep. I mean, they're going to get shellacked. They're going to go back to voter fraud, election tampering, all kinds of nonsense to blame for their failures at the ballot box. They're already greasing this thing.
3: Oh yeah, that's not what I meant this morning. By the way,
4: I thought that's what you did mean.
3: No, what I meant was, if next week, with a lot of these states that are supposed to turn red, don't, and they say, hey, it's going to take a few days, all right, we can't have any election tonight, going oh, okay. on, like if there's some nefarious crap going on, because I think it is really desperate. And I don't want to get too kooky.
4: I'm, I misunderstood you then, and I apologize for okay. that, but it's kind of the same this thing man. where we're going here. I
3: don't want to get too kooky, but you look, and I'm just giving you my opinion, mm-hmm. right? You look at what's going on around the world. It seems like this push for the elites to pretty much run everything and take away people's freedoms so that they can gain more power. There is a massive push that's going on around the world. If the red wave happens, a lot of that is at least halted for quite a while. Yeah, this It's a big deal for the global elites. That's why I'm when you're watching that, you know, parts of it last night, you're like, are they just setting us up?
4: Yeah, I felt set up, too.
3: And it wasn't to make excuses for a loss. It was to say, hey, sometimes these things take time. It might take, you know, a few days or weeks or months. You know, who knows what's going to happen?
4: I just thought they would go to the fraudulent route, like we really won, but they fraudulently cheated us or didn't allow this to vote or whatever, X, Y, Z. uh,
3: You always have that. All right taxing oil companies will bring down the cost of gas. Did you hear that? Yeah.
4: Well, it's true. Yeah.
5: yeah how it, is that? How, when has that ever worked? Does it, it, it doesn't work. It, it, no, they just
4: pass it on to No. You.
5: At, a, at a time of runaway inflation, Democrats are actually looking at adding taxes to oil companies, which we know for a fact will drive down production and increase prices. And at the end of the day, you know, with, with inflation being what it is, a lot of it just comes down to the, the cost of diesel and regular unleaded. Period. Um, you know, there are, of course, you know, supply chain issues that can contribute to rising prices. We all know that. But it all comes down to oil and gas at the end of the day here in the United States. Uh, but MSNBC's Chris Hayes interviewed Representative Katie Porter and they kicked this idea around of taxing like the windfall tax is what they're calling it. And just I'll, I'll play. I think it's this is part of the question and then the answer. Okay. who who can do anything about it?
0: Right. I mean, that's the problem. Right. You got the Fed hiking rates to try to induce softer demand and get more people laid off and make sure people have less money so they can't spend it. So prices come down. That seems less than ideal. You've got the Democratic Party running as incumbents, as you are in your race with this 8 percent unemployment hanging over their heads. So what do you say to people about here's what we can do?
7: Well, so look, the Federal Reserve is using the tool it has, which is monetary oh policy. And what Congress needs to do is use the tools we have. What the Biden administration needs to do is use the tools it has. And to a large degree, we've started that progress, doing things like allowing Medicare to negotiate prescription drugs.
3: OK, if you wouldn't have used your tools in your stupid toolbox and pulled every friggin' lever that you have, we wouldn't be in this mess. That's what's so freaking frustrating about it. Golly. So the big
7: pharma stops ripping off taxpayers okay. and yeah, patients. Not our fault. It means standing same, up to big oil same, same. and saying, no, we're not going to let you lease our public land mm-hmm. on the cheap. If you want to lease our public land to drill or mine, you need to pay a fair rate of return on that.
3: They're out. It's the so, so same
4: stupid. old week. All right, let's move on. Yeah, to, Because you know what corporations do when they get taxed more? They take those losses on themselves? Absolutely. Because it's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Shut up. (laughs) Of course they're going to pass it on to you, you dope. All right. Totally
3: different. Something we've talked about for a while. What's going to happen if this red wave, which we, by all indications, think will happen, happens? Mm -hmm. And how long does Joe stick around? Does Kamala get the boot? Somebody else come in. Who's going to be the Democratic nominee in 24? It ain't going to be Joe. It's not going to be Kamala. Is it going to be Gavin Newsom? A lot of people think that Gavin Newsom was featured on CBS with Major Garrett. Okay, and you know what? Instead of even give you a preview, I just want to play different clips of this okay. because your reaction will be awesome. Roll it
1: right here. Does it feel like a red wave? Yeah, of course what? it does.
10: I, and, I, and again. Uh, uh, I'm not paid to say that. I'm paid to say, you know, we, the fate and, you know, I mean, I get it. Look, I mean, I could be the cheerleader. I'm also a
3: pragmatist. You feel it. So he feels the red wave coming. Part of the issue he has, guys, is with his own parties.
0: And it goes to my fundamental grievance with my damn party. We're getting crushed on narrative. We're going
10: to have to do better. In terms of getting on the offense and stopping on the damn defense,
0: I urge all of you living in Florida to join the fight, or join us in California.
3: So, they set it up. That was good. That wasn't me. That's part of the piece. I like it. Yes. So they're talking about this, you know, national profile that the California governor has, you know, worked for. Yeah by putting out ads in Texas, Florida, some other places and then you get to the question about, you know, running for president. So that's obvious, right? Listen to this.
1: He's practiced at deflecting the presidency question. No. How can you be so sure?
10: Uh, because it's not my ambition. It's not the direction that I'm leaning into. Uh, it's not
1: the moment. So one way to answer that question is, I will never run for president of the United States. Can you say that? Yeah, I'm not, I am not. have no interest. Newsom told us he, unlike some ambivalent Democrats, wants President Biden to run again. <laughs> okay. All right,
3: so do we. <laughs> that, that's enough, right, to make you laugh. Yeah. You know that's not true. Right. But Gavin Newsom doubles down, and he's going to let you know why. You ready? Oh, I'm
10: sure. yeah. It's been a masterclass the last two years. Not necessarily in effective communication <laughs> and generating narrative, but in terms of the substance under the circumstance oh, with God. all the headwinds and obfuscation and opposition, I think
3: it's been remarkable. Every- <laughs> Only from a guy that has run his state in the freaking ground.
5: Boy, that's...
4: We're a- talking about a president who has Congress and Senate and the presidency. What headwinds,
5: boy! That <laughs> should be
4: able to get anything done you wanted to get
5: done. Man, I mean that guy. Well, see, the thing is, you look at the state of California and you, under his leadership, and it's like, well, obviously he likes things that go bad. So yeah, he's he really is. He, it's like it's like bizarro governor. Um, a masterclass. It's awesome. It's a master class in utter destruction and humiliation <laughs> of your political opponents. Now, what that really is is him making sure that whenever he tries to usurp. Uh, Joe Biden, or anybody else, he'll get the big donors. Yeah, that's all a part. That, of the that's all it is. Uh, he knows that's not, He's he knows that Joe has failed on basically every front, and but he's he's playing the game right there. Yeah. All right. There's more to get to. By the way, it's National Sandwich
4: Day.
3: I heard that. Yeah. A burger is a sandwich, right? Yeah. Breakfast bag, breakfast bagel.
4: So whatever you yeah. say, it is. Yeah.
3: Avocado toast. Yep. Real, only thirty-eight percent say that.
4: I know people who love avocado toast, though.
3: Really? Oh yeah. Are they millennials? No, they're not. Okay, we got to get to that story with Ocasio-Cortez and Elon Musk. You'll laugh next. The Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. A lot has been said about Elon Musk taking over Twitter, and the hope for a lot of people is freedom of speech on the public platform. Sure, unlike well, Facebook, Instagram, a lot of other places that determine well, if we don't like what you have to say, we can take it off of there mm-hmm. with the help of the government. By the way,
6: mm-hmm.
3: and so. There have been a lot of people questioning Elon Musk's motives, and he's got different ideas how to run it. Yeah. As far as the blue check controversy,
5: <laughs> boy, a lot's been said about it. I, it whatever it, to me, I don't care that much. Yeah. The the Cliff Notes version of this, for I mean, most people are not on Twitter. Is that if you have a blue check mark next to your name, it means you're a verified user. You've verified mm-hmm. who you are. And it's just kind of become this like status symbol because it's somewhat random as to how Twitter assigns these things. I mean, there are very famous accounts that don't have any, there are some that do, that really don't warrant it. But a lot of people have thought it's from having so many followers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's not that.
3: Right. So he's saying, How about 20 bucks for the blue check? People freak out. And then he says, $8. How about $8? And people are ripping him for that. Yeah. Some people don't care. Some people find it funny. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she didn't like it. And so she tweeted out, um, was it? One guy's business plan for a 44000000000 billion over-leveraged purchases, apparently to run around and individually ask people for $8. Remember that next time you question yourself or your qualifications. Oh, shut up.
4: What? Did she ever have a good day? Well, she no, also, I mean,
5: seriously, did she ever smile or laugh? or? He, any, I mean, here's the thing. Her entire personality is on social media, though. For, it is, so yes. for her, it's a big deal. She I created believe, it. I couldn't yeah. believe the White House Press Corps actually asked Corrine Jean-Pierre about this plan to charge $8 a month to have it. Like, yeah. that, is, that should not be on the radar of the president of the United States whatsoever. But it's really important to these journalists and lefty politicians.
3: AOC, another tweet.
5: LMAO
3: at a billionaire earnestly trying to sell people on the idea that free speech is actually eight dollars a month subscription plan. You, Elon Musk responded, "Your feedback is appreciated. Now pay eight dollars."
4: <laughs> I mean, I was dying, man. Do, yes.
5: Wait, does 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 AOC <laughs> think that? When people say free speech, she thinks like in monetary terms. Like You'd have to ask free. her, man. I can't crawl in there. It's, I ain't doing it. It is hilarious though that this like eight dollars thing is so such a big deal to these people. Like it she is. drives a Tesla. Yes, yeah, she does. <laughs> you could ha- you could you could spare eight dollars. Someone started a GoFundMe for her for eight oh, dollars.
6: <laughs> ah, that was
4: was That's fantastic.
3: Well now she's saying that it's some sort of conspiracy. She says, by the way, my Twitter mentions notifications are conveniently not working tonight, so I was informed via text that I seem to have gotten under a certain billionaire's skin.
6: Oh god. Yeah.
5: I-, I can't believe she wants to date Elon Musk that badly. You know that's what he tweeted before. Yeah. Stop hitting on me. I'm very <laughs> shy.
4: Where's my 8 bucks?
3: Man, there's a, a couple of crazy things real quick. There was a guy, where was it? David Cutter.
5: Oh, dude. Is that a story? Yeah, I mean, you hear about the LGBTQ community here. David Cutter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a guy got lured to a hotel room and got beaten and raped and deported by authorities in Qatar. Oh my gosh, man! It's crazy. People think it's terrible here. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robert show. Okay, biggest story of the day. Uh, I, I guess it's that the senile old fool went out there and gave us another stern talking to about the upcoming elections because apparently democracy is in crisis since a crazy drug addicted homeless man uh, who got messages from a invisible bird fairy attacked the Speaker of the House's husband. But no, he means it. Yeah, right. For real. He said, where's it's Nancy? Not a joke.
3: <sighs> Who's buying this at this point? No one. It's not independence, man, and that's who you need.
4: Well, the staunchest of
3: staunch. I, <laughs> you know, yeah, they you need more than that right now. Yeah. All right. News update and the Scott Robbins trifecta. Top three of the day. Straight ahead. David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Man, we do have fun. I'll say that. Okay. Before we get to the Scott Robbins trifecta, David?
5: Yes. Did you know election deniers are on the ballot? Are they really? Yeah. Yeah, a little invisible fairy bird told me. Well, 200 are. Democracy is at stake. Yeah, well, that, yeah,
4: of course. Everybody knows the that. The president pointed here. it out last yeah. night. Yes. Mm-hmm.
3: You know one of the reasons why Biden wanted to give this speech? Why is that? His friend was attacked. Is Because is the attack right? on Paul Pelosi yes. is just like January 6th. Well,
4: of course it is.
3: I know it is because Good Morning America told me it was. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is
7: a speech he very much wanted to give, especially in the wake of that attack on his friend Paul Pelosi. He very much felt like this is now was the time to lay out the stakes for these midterms.
5: Okay. I mean. I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I have to go back to what, how the how this has now been used to reset the conversation, or they're trying to reset it away from economic disaster and an upcoming really bad recession, probably, um, and the fact that the Fed just raked interest uh, rate or height. <laughs> See, I'm going Biden here. Wow, you did uh, <laughs> <laughs> just raised interest rates again they're trying to change the conversation to democracy is on the ballot uh, and it's like well that doesn't make any sense because if I'm voting for somebody and they say we want to uphold the constitution and we want to make sure that there's no nefarious stuff going on in our elections, I don't understand how that's a threat to democracy uh, and it's especially rich coming from a group of people who not only threw a several years long temper tantrum over an election they lost with Donald Trump uh, but also from the same people who are talking about packing the Supreme Court, eliminating the filibuster, the same people who think that a 49-51 vote on something means that they had a majority and it was stolen from them. Remember, that's what, that's what Bernie Sanders was saying about two fellow Democrats who wouldn't go along with things that he wanted to do. Um, said two people don't get to override the, the will of the people. It's like, dude, you're in the minority. That's how math works, although I I don't expect a <laughs> socialist to understand. But then i I got to revisit this piece of audio, man. It's Michael Beschloss, the M- MSNBC historian, yeah. who, who would be irrelevant except for the fact that he is advising the president. It's to- unreal. And this is part of what he had to say about Biden's speech last night.
10: And a historian 50 years from now, if historians are allowed to write in this country, and if there are still free publishing houses and a free press, which which I'm not certain of, but if that is true, a historian will say, what was at stake tonight and this week? was the fact whether we will be a democracy in the future, whether our children will be arrested and conceivably killed. We're oh, on the edge God. of a brutal authoritarian okay. system.
5: Who is advocating for children to be killed outside killed. of Democrats? Yes. It makes no sense. These it's guys, desperate. I'm telling you, there's no desperate,
4: shame but at all. Here's None. the other thing.
3: And I understand that in this point in the proceedings with the Paul Pelosi attack, You're not supposed to ask any questions at all because if so, you're spreading disinformation.
4: That's right, buddy.
3: We don't care. We're asking questions anyway. And honestly, sometimes I think to myself, what am I missing? And it's not that I don't respect you, Scott. You're one of the smartest guys I know. I look to David probably because David is also very smart in his news background. And I will say, what am I missing? We're still unclear. If the home security system at the Pelosi house ever went off? How? How in the world is that possible? That was from
0: Good Morning America. Pelosi's home had a private security system set up that was supposed to notify law enforcement if there was an intrusion, but it's unclear if that alarm ever went off.
3: That's for anyone that has a home alarm system. Yeah. yeah. If someone breaks in, it alerts. That's why you pay the money for it. Right. Right
5: i got to believe you have the best available. What do you mean we're unclear? How? David, how is that possible? I, it's not possible. It's unless not. He, I mean, the only thing is, uh, if it didn't go off, I, I assume it wasn't broken. He might have just forgotten to set it, which I guess that happens. But have you seen? But he... Oh, goodness the, gracious, the, man. The Washington Post had a column by Philip Bump, and he should really be just embarrassed. Because a lot of us are saying, hey... There have been changing uh, stories in this. It's been going back and forth. Were there three people in the house? Were there only two? Right. Like, what exactly? How did all of this really go down? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, and they've been wanting that, like, body cam video, for example. Just release released. it. Let, let's see what that looks like. Philip Bump, Washington Post. Release the video is mostly a way to extend the conspiracy theory. Asking for no. evidence makes no, you a conspiracy right. theorist now. That would shut it down. That, that's, yes. <laughs> Up is down, right
4: uh, is you're right. Wrong, Yes, You know? Yes.
3: And so then, to scare people, I guess anyone that trusts the Good Morning America... Now we're looking at beefing up protections for Congress because of this.
0: Meanwhile, Capitol Police say they have launched an internal security review as they work to beef up protections for members of Congress. Set the alarm. What do you
5: mean? Yeah, Yeah. And beef up. The the thing is, is that they say that usually if a protectee is at home, Capitol Police, with all their millions and millions of dollars that they got in the wake of the Capitol riot, would have been watching that feed. But she was not there. So they weren't actively watching the feed for her house from three thousand miles away. So, how does providing more money for the Capitol Police make what happened to Paul Pelosi more preventable? Because I don't know more staff. So when the person's out but, of town, they still watch it. But so that, months
3: earlier, they would have seen him stumbling up to the you know. I mean again, half hammered. I I, oh, sorry, know. I
4: shouldn't have said that. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad choice of words. Didn't even mean that. I know you didn't. <laughs> Half drunk.
5: Yes. <laughs> I, 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 I want to know as well a little bit more about the private security guard who was a witness who saw. Yes. This guy dressed in all black, carrying a backpack, go onto the property. Like you don't think, hey, I'm going to go check that out. I know he was supposed to be working security for somebody else, but. You don't have a contact at the police department or uh, the other private security firm that's working in the neighborhood? Does he just think, well, at San Francisco, this happens all the time? <laughs> <laughs> neighbor in need is a neighbor I don't need
3: to know. <laughs> I don't understand any of that. I don't either. It, it's nonsensical. All right, Robbins, you ready for your big three? Yeah, let's go, man. All right, let's do it. Are you ready?
6: shoe. Two,
1: it's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the Trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Yes, Scott
3: Scott. You always tell like hero.
0: I'm Casey hey, Casey.
3: Casey,
4: buddy.
5: I'm ready. Okay. Three. Number what three. Uh, Sonny Hostin on The View is talking about white suburban women voting Republican.
4: Yeah, uh, she's a racist oh yeah she is let's just i'm just gonna say it out loud she's a racist she is a hateful racist she hates everybody who doesn't think like her and and rails against hate speech which i find really ironic as well it's, there is a poll that was just out and Sonny wanted to talk about it all these white suburban women that are going to vote for republicans
8: republicans but well, what's also surprising to me is the abortion issue um I read a, a poll just yesterday that white Republican suburban women are now going to vote Republican. Why? It's almost like roaches voting for raid, right? They're voting against their own self-interest. Do they want to live in Gilead? Do we love democracy or not? Because just saying that it's, it's insulting to the voter. People make up decisions <laughs> on what's right for their family and the idea that well, the you should that
0: have a women- safe...
4: Okay, I don't even what else can you say about that? Well, if If you don't vote like her, you are equal to a roach.
3: Just to make sure that I heard it right in the beginning. Yeah. Suburban white women that are Republican are going to vote Republican.
4: Yeah, which I thought was interesting, too. (laughs) How dare they? Well, I guess there were some (laughs) who crossed over to vote for Democrats last time out. In yes. The presidential election, of course. There's yeah. buyer's remorse all over the place yeah. for a number of issues. But the way you win him back is you compare him to roaches, Everybody knows that.
3: No, for those type of people, they don't understand that anyone that doesn't equate abortion to women's rights exactly don't get it, and they vote against their own self-interest. They don't understand how many pro-life women are in the United States.
4: No, they don't know it's any. That's why. They don't know people. one person no. who thinks like, doesn't think like they do. Not one. No. And, and because so you're a you woman, you are 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 automatically have to vote for a Democrat because they're pro-abortion.
3: These are also moms. Yeah. Okay? Do you see what's happened mm-hmm. in schools? There's a lot of different issues. There's the economy. Not something you probably have to deal with, Sonny. No. You were talking to a mom earlier today, Scott. You were telling me off air about all of the costs of everything going up, yeah. and she feels like she does pretty well financially, and, and so does her so husband. Her buzzed, husband. Yeah, but it's gone. The money's
4: gone. They're drowning right now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. and talk to that white I, woman. You know, I wonder, I suppose, because
3: they do get into a lot of homes and they have some influence, these are some of the most knuckleheaded people in the country that had that show every day.
4: I'll tell you another thing. How insulting is it It to women to think that your entire voting conscience has to go with whoever is pro-abortion? You cannot think anything other than that. You're not allowed to in the sunny Hostin freaking world. Yeah. That's arrogance. Oh, goodness.
10: Now, on with the countdown.
5: (laughs) Thanks, Casey. Uh, It's the Scott Robbins top three of the day. Two. Number two, uh, the University of Wyoming. Has yeah. welcomed its first dude into a sorority.
4: Well, they're breaking the glass ceiling here. According to the school paper, the branding iron, a guy by the name of Artemis Langford has pledged, has pledged to join Kappa Kappa Gamma for fall 22. Very bold move, and I'll just read from the story. Given the student's cervical shortage, that's a great way of describing it. He's a guy. Uh, but the pursuit has now paid off. He is now the official initiated sister in the sorority. Still going by Artemis? I don't know. Okay. Uh, well, how do you shorten that into Agamus? I don't. I'm oh, not okay, quite I'm just sure. Asking. But if you're dead naming that person, no, I that's my like assault.
6: That. Artemis
5: is a woman's name. As reaffirmed by the it Vice is?
4: President of Student Affairs, Kim Chestnut, Artemis Langford is the first openly transgender student to be accepted into and participate in a sorority for Life at UW, as of September 2022. They applauded the progressivism. I feel so glad, Artemis said, to be in a place that I think only shares my values. But to be in a sisterhood of awesome women that want to make history. They want to break the glass ceiling. Trailblaze! You know, I certainly feel that for the first trans member, at least in the chapter in Wyoming history, congratulations to Artemis Langford.
5: I just learned something. What's that? I I didn't know Artemis was a lady's (laughs) name. Yeah, it's a... Artemis was the uh, daughter God, of, of hunt, Zeus, the moon, I think. yeah,
3: and chastity. Wasn't also known to the Romans as Diana. I always think it's Leonard Skinner. That's Artemis what Pyle. I did
4: the same thing. See? I thought Artemis Pile right Me away. Too. That's all I can think about. And we trust, Skinner, we trust, bro.
3: Freaking right. Absolutely. That's is, why you're my brother.
10: That's right, man. Mm-hmm. Now, on with the countdown.
3: Scott Robbins strike the top 3 of the day, getting <laughs> up to 1. I hate we associate names
5: with rock stars. <laughs> Absolutely.
3: I always thought Artemis was a dude's name. Uh, Until today.
5: Jason Bateman, uh, actor, funny guy. <laughs> yeah. I, but I don't think he meant this as a joke. He wants to use the em- emergency alert system for the midterm elections. He does a podcast. He's been on a podcast several times with Sean
4: Hayes, another actor. And he, they had, Joe Biden was their guest. He shows up for stuff like this. Uh, midterms on the doorstep, Jason said. Two-thirds of the seats are up for grabs, and the midterms are trending to be won by admitted election deniers. That means the elections are consequently democracy as a form of government will most likely be done away with or could be seriously threatened. This is why I'm saying to you, Mr. President... We need to uh, justify some kind of emergency alert system that asks for maximum attention and participation for every single voter in America.
6: Oh
4: my so God. they want him to activate EAS across the country.
5: Mm. Jason Bateman. He wants. He was imploring the president to do this. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. If they actually did it, honestly, because one, the White House is a bad idea factory. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. But do remember a bunch of jurisdictions did it over COVID. Like COVID spiked a little bit and then you get that we are like, "Oh my gosh, what's going on?" Oh, it, what? COVID. I know COVID exists. Who doesn't know COVID exists? exactly. People have lost their minds, man. Holy cow. He said, no Just one not done that. That.
4: the history books will notice. it. That's right. Sound the EAS. Vote wow. Democrats save the democracy.
3: And- That's the trifecta. News update and Nimrods in the news straight ahead. Thank you.
4: You're welcome.
2: The Markley
3: Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp.
5: (laughs) This is incredible. Okay, so... Politics is crazy right now, right? We all know that, and the upcoming elections are insane in a lot of cases, uh, which means that actually truly insane people are, well, having a tough time. Uh, Joanne Hardesty, that name might be familiar to people outside of Portland. She is a, uh, on the city council in Portland. She's running for re-election. She is the woman who claimed that police were the ones setting fires during the summer of love in 2020. Okay. She said police were actually committing acts of arson. She was a big proponent of uh, defunding the police and other criminal justice reforms. She was pro-riot. Now, she's running against a woman named Renee Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Okay. Remember that last name? All right. Joanne Hardesty says that this election will determine if Portland moves towards a more humane anti-racist future or if we will slide back into Oregon's white supremacist and classist history. That's right. The Latina, who's running against her, represents white supremacy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and there, It says everything, doesn't it? Yeah. Of course it does. And with that...
1: When the going gets tough... Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show.
0: I love the poorly educated. All
1: right.
3: Nimrod's in the news, man. <laughs> People robbing other places at Gunpoint, McDonald's, New Orleans. Did you hear this story? No. 16 year old girl's working there. She's got to call 911. They locked her in the freezer. Calls 911. It's her mom that picks up. Oh, it's a wow. The 911 operator. It all ended up okay. Holy cow. Man. But yeah, put them in the freezer. Jeez. Nimrod's in the news.